Good evening, everybody. We should hopefully be live. I'm hoping. Oh, right. Yep. Um, oh. I know there's probably nobody watching at the moment, but welcome to Darker Days Radio's Halloween edition. Um, due to the wonderful that's happening in the world at the moment, obviously Halloween seems to have been cancelled a little bit. So I thought, why not get a few of us together and share some uh, some stories, so to speak. Um, yeah. I am David. I'm usually on the dark side of the podcast things, but trying to get more into the, the spoopy stuff. Um, I'm joined by Crystal. I guess Hello. it's here. I can't. I can't remember how to say that. And Mike. Hey, how's it going? Uh, yeah, people know me. I've been doing this podcast for a long time, and I'm excited to always talk about spooky things. So, David, thanks for uh, coming up with this idea. That's all right. Um, it's Saturday night in in England because I'm I'm in England. You guys are in America. So it's middle of the day for you. Hence, hence the get up. I thought I had to do a little bit of Halloween. Yeah. Uh, and I did go for the full-on blushing look as well, so corpse paint with blush. You look ravishing. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty rad. Um, if anybody does drop on and has any questions, we'll jump in and try and answer things. But basically, all we're going to do is tell a few stories, uh, talk about a few horror things, and and kind of go from there. Um, there's going to be no gaming chat unless we can kind of relate things to gaming, but generally just talk about spooky, spooky horror stuff. At some point during this, Pete might turn up, and when it does, throw up, throw off everything, because um, I'm not very good at this whole stream thing, so everything's going to go a bit wrong. But other than that, um, yeah, fireside chat about horror and, and spookiness. Um, so, who wants to go first? Who wants to tell a story? Ooh, I mean, it's a lot of pressure. Um, I know, hence I can, the reason I've passed the buck here. I can, yeah, I can start off with just a, a quick thing from real life. Now, spooky things don't actually happen to me, typically, I don't think. But um, there was this one time uh, I was working, uh, it was back when I worked in the private sector, and I was uh, I was working in the 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 basement essentially of the uh, Christian scientist church uh, here in Boston. Um, I'm not sure if either of you are familiar with that uh, particular religion. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is already, yeah. already the fact that you were in a building related to Christian science. So I'm, I'm, I'm done with the horror already. We can stop now. You, that's, oh, that's, I mean, that's not really the horror. Uh, although it is a, it's for me. Uh, yeah, they are, uh, I mean, so people that don't know about Christian scientists, uh, I don't think there's that many of them, but it originated in Boston, and it's a uh, it's a form of Christianity where they think that um, Jesus Christ was a scientist, but they also don't believe in like medicine. They believe through healing through prayer. Um, they're they're one of like the uh, original anti-vaxxer movements, essentially. Um, started off in the uh, in the 19th century, so already pretty peculiar um although on the uh on the flip side the uh the christian scientist uh, monitor uh magazine newspaper that they put out uh is actually like usually pretty well researched um it, it, except not regarding medicine or science don't don't pay attention to that part but um like just a fun fact they they did really good research into the uh the iraq war um 
back in 2003 they had some of the, the most like even-handed coverage and best research stuff when other news outlets were kind of just putting out jingoist propaganda in a lot of ways so that's a feather in their cap you know 17 years ago anyway let's get back to the horror story so i was working there um i can't really talk about what i was doing but we we were down in the basement for for quite a while and the um the master planner eventually came down was just talking to us about our the work we were doing and then he was like hey you do want to see something kind of cool we're like yeah sure whatever we've been we've been working hard down here and he brought us over to this hole in the wall um it was like it was just like a hole in the in concrete essentially it was pretty fresh concrete compared to everything else around it and there was a pretty big pipe a steel pipe just going into this hole and there's enough space like maybe two and a half feet if you want to get up on the pipe you could crawl into this into this area beyond um that's what we did so we we crawled in took a look around and what we found in there first off the air was was filthy it was it was not clean there was just dust everywhere um you know, no one had been in this place for for years and years, and we just kind of kicked up all the dust. So it had this really kind of sparkly shine to our, our flashlights in there because there's no lights. And looking around, um, the the steel pipe uh, that we'd we'd passed over uh, kind of made a turn and then went up into the ceiling, uh, doing something else. But also looking around, there was a spiral staircase going up. And then it just ended, just ended in concrete because someone had filled that in. They just patched right over, you know, the, the staircase and had kind of sealed this area. And looking around to the floor, there was just file cabinets scattered around everywhere with paperwork just scattered across the floor. And it seemed like it was, it was like birth records and stuff that had just been like sealed in here. So... It was pretty weird. Uh, I didn't really get much of a better look, though, because we kind of realized we shouldn't be breathing in the air in this place. It was, uh, you know, confined space entry, that kind of stuff. So we, we hightailed it out of there. But I've always kind of wondered what was really going on in there. You know, why'd they seal away this uh, place with all these records? Why'd they seal up that, that spiral staircase leading down? It was pretty weird, man. Pretty weird. It's a little bit weird. That sounds kind of very... What's the, there's the, there's the house, um, the Winchester house, which has the same kind of spiral staircases that disappear. Sorry, I missed the Twitch stream, so I'm just having to reset everything as well. Oh, no worries. The Winchester house has those kind of spiral staircases as well, doesn't it? Uh, it might. You'd have to you'd have to tell me. But what's the what's the one house where they kept adding on rooms and wings and stuff like that? Because she had a dream that she had to trap something in the house so it couldn't get out whoa oh, i forget the name of it hold on i'm gonna do a quick whoa. search here because yeah that that sounds like they're trying to trap something in there not keep yeah. something out oh my gosh <laughs> yeah that actually it's again it's that's similar to something that i'm gonna talk about later uh, I'll, I'll save that wonderful story for something that i i heard this morning um yeah, was like, was it dark and creepy down there? Like, dusty? yeah, and there's there's no lights. There's no electricity in this area. Oh, it's the, it is the Winchester house that I'm thinking of. <gasps> oh my gosh! Where, yeah, where she. Were you working in the Winchester house? 
No, but she it wasn't. Kept building, she kept building these rooms to trap these ghosts inside the house because she had this prophetic dream or something that, that these yeah. ghosts could not get out. She had mm-hmm. to keep them in the house. So she kept adding rooms and adding, like, staircases to nowhere and doors that opened up to nothing. And, like, there was a, a hallway that keeps getting tinier and tinier and tinier, like a perspective hallway. Yeah. Um, oh, crap. There's the, the, they did a movie of it recently with Helen Mirren playing Lady Winchester. Um, I've not seen it yet, but I've heard um, I've heard mixed reviews about it, but it's about her trying to trap the ghosts and why she builds all the, these extra rooms and, and suddenly, like, stairways go up to walls that just stop for no reason. Um, yeah. Now, I'm not uh, super... Well, okay, I kind of know stuff about the occult, you know, just just through osmosis over the years. But uh, can you really trap a ghost with physical objects? It seems like that uh, they're kind of oh, incorporeal whole, usually. That is can, a whole theory, you, theory, like pathway to um, walk down. Am I putting lots of salt into the uh, the gyps the gypsum drywall to try to trap them in? Is that what we're doing? I would guess they would probably put salt and maybe. Yeah, that's one no. one thing I know of. My 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 knowledge of the occult is kind of connected to kind of the Nordic religions, and I do. They used to carve uh, rooms into doorways and stuff to protect houses, trappings and iron nails and stuff. So I think as long as the wood and things are treated properly, maybe you can trap them with physical things and obviously salt. Uh, Mm -hmm. Beyond that, then. But yeah, yeah. yeah, and this is the Winchester house is is Lady Winchester of husband who makes the gun Winchester. Yep. Oh. Uh, hmm. So there's obviously a lot of death connected <laughs> that family. A lot of things surrounding that that family. Yes, and um um I have a very, 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 very loose—and I do mean very loose—connection to, um, I wouldn't say the Winchesters, but kind of oh, what guns in a way. Oh. Oh. Uh, okay. So my family's surname is Whitworth. It's a very famous family surname within within the UK, and especially within Manchester. If you're in Manchester, buildings and streets are named after Whitworth, and it's a guy called Joseph Whitworth who kind of helped the Industrial Revolution go and start and become as big as it as it did. If it wasn't for him, we probably wouldn't be where we are now in levels of technology and infrastructure and stuff. He basically went, here's a screw. Everybody used the same size screw as a very basic level. But what he did after all of this, he then moved to America. And when he was in America, he worked with some of the gun making companies and he worked out the exact ratio that you needed to rifle a barrel to make the bullet spin at the correct pace so it went straight so Ah. somewhere i'm not connected to this bloke he's not actually part of my family strain but people think that i am so joseph whitworth worked out how to kill lots of people and created modern industry Hmm. and lots of death because straight gun so but that's not horror but kind of vague relation hmm interesting 
Very interesting. David, do you have any other any other family stories or stories from your uh, your place of origin, maybe, that you'd like to share? Oh, my was already, yes. Yeah, it was already an interesting, fun fact you, you gave us. Yeah, so um, from my childhood, uh, kind of explains a lot about this. Mm-hmm. I like to think. <laughs> so I, I was born in a town in, in England called Ipswich. Um, it's quite a small, grotty, horrible little place. Um, quite regularly referred to as Ip shit. Um, but eh, it's kind of, there were good areas and bad areas. Um, the marine is quite nice. But anyway, I was born there. Um, and in, this is in an area, a region called Suffolk. If he knows anything about metal, it's where Cradle of Filth come from. Uh, <laughs> so mm, this is not inspired by them. Don't. Connect the two, please. We, we can put Cradle of Filth in a box somewhere. Um, I grew up in a very, very small village called Brandon in Suffolk. Um, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, there's not, when I grew up there, there wasn't really much there. There's a really nice pub, um, a few houses, and a couple of churches. Um, the house that I grew up in was down a narrow country lane there was nothing on the opposite side of the road in front of it. To the right, there was nothing, a big cornfield. Imagine children in the corn level of open cornfield of doom. Um, to the rock, to the other side, um, there's a few cottages and things, but these are like proper thatch, old 1500 style cottages. House that I lived in was an old school building. So it used to be a school in the 1800s. Um, but they painted it pink. Um, but so I was, I was living in this house from when I was maybe from when I was born to up until about maybe five or six. Um, it was a single story house or a bungalow. And it all sounds kind of very, very stereotypical country, country England. Um, very picturesque, very pretty, lots of, lots of nice little cottages, but my bedroom uh, was on the back of the house and looked out the back of the house. There was no garden at the back of the house. The garden was to the side of the house because sometimes we like to do that in England. Um, but out the back of the house, over the hedge, which was maybe five, six metres from my bedroom window, there was a church. The church was quite a way away. What was between me and the church was a graveyard. So my bedroom as a child, I grew up overlooking a graveyard. Um, of this small middle of the nowhere kind of country village and Suffolk and Norfolk, if you actually look into them, there's a lot of folklore around these areas. I think not too far from Branderston itself is the church and village where Alistair Crowley is buried. Um, So which stories around this area, there's a lot of um, we've got the, there's the Black Shook, which is your, your your very usual kind of black dog story. It's very prevalent in the area. Um, there's also yeah. weird things in the area. Now, being very young that I was, um, don't have great memories of the place, but I do have kind of memories of waking up at night, looking out my bedroom window, and kind of having to look out a graveyard like three o'clock in the morning in the complete dark 
all you've got is the moonlight shining over these toppled over overgrown graves and this church silhouette in the background it's not a gothic church it's kind of again it's a kind of medieval um, european church built out of flint um, so lots of round stones it's not very big hmm. but that kind of image has always stuck with me as a as a ever since then of this kind of dark gothic scary place um i like to think in my mind every now and then that yeah i probably saw things moving around in there i i've got no memory so much of that but i do have clear recollections of looking at this dark foreboding terrifying for a five-year-old church um when i was brought up um with my mum and my brother and we went to Sunday school and things. So I kind of knew, had these stories of like the church and graveyard and dead people and Jesus and rising from the dead. Um, overactive imagination, rising from the dead. Graveyard, oh no. Um, the other two kind of things that come from this as well, living in this small out of the way community in, in rural Suffolk. Uh, the only two other stories that I can really remember that kind of relate to horror and kind of where I am is I remember a thunderstorm I remember it's quite clearly it was maybe nine o'clock ten o'clock at night um, and it was one of those proper big epic rolling thunderclaps that would go on for 30 40 50 seconds sheet lightning that would split the sky open there was no 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 rain or anything so everything was clear and it was brilliant and and being a five-year-old, um, I was quite scared of this. So my mum grabbed me and we hid under the table in the kitchen. And my mum turned around and turned around to me and said, he says, don't worry, the gods aren't angry at you. And it's like, as a five-year-old, I was like, gods can get angry at me? And they're angry at someone out there? What, how do I not make them angry at me? Mum, stop scaring me. And so um, ever since then, kind of that's kind of embedded in my memory of we went to church, but then suddenly there are other gods out there and they can be really angry and pissed off at you. And that will cause lightning and thunder and scary things. Um, and then a couple of days later, my brother decided to go missing in the, the children of the corn field for a day. What? <laughs> did, did he come back? Yeah, he came back. He just okay, okay, okay. he went for a walk, and uh, I was like, "You can't, you can't not finish that one." Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, no, he just I went was missing. Really so, yeah, terrified. Did he I went missing for a day as well? At one, at one point, we went to David, dark, walking in the dales and went missing. David, did he, did he come back changed? It might explain a lot. Was he, actually. was he, was he worshiping Yarlathotep or something? <laughs> or who's what's the uh, the Stephen King version of that guy? Um... The dude from the stands. What's his name? You're gonna go down changeling route. Then. No, no. The dude in the stand is uh, Randall something. I can't remember. Whatever. Let's keep moving. Very interesting though. Very spooky. Yeah. So I want to ask. Rural Norfolk and rural Suffolk. They they are full of like, folklore tales. Yeah. Few I was gonna ones that I'm, I'm in, in later. But... I was gonna ask. So that that church you were speaking of. Yeah. You know, I, I was doing a lot of research like a year ago into like black dog myths and the grim and the like. Um, 
it seems like a lot of those are usually associated with like older Catholic churches, not like newer Anglican ones usually. Was this a, a pretty old one? Probably maybe Catholic and then converted to Anglican or? No, it's not Catholic. It's very much Anglican. Interesting. Okay. Church of All England. Right. So um, Catholic churches are very big and grandiose in England. Mm. Um, more kind of cathedral level um, in the cities. The villages tend to be Church of England stuff. So um, okay. people through the door rather than actually being denominational. Interesting. Interesting. Um, hmm. So has got some, as far as I'm aware, I kind of tried to Google it. There's a few little stories around there, but not anything big. Or something. Hmm. Hmm. Neat. That's... That's kind of where I grew up and kind of, yeah, I grew up watching, looking over church. So, grim. <laughs> we know that you come from a very interesting part of the US, Wisconsin. No, not Wisconsin. Oh. Is it Wisconsin? Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. For some reason, I was going down a different route then, for some reason. <laughs> so there's some very, very juicy stories from around there. Mm, yeah, oh. the story of the spooky cheese and um... <laughs> no, it's the squeaky cheese. <laughs> the squeaky cheese. Oh my bad. Is that actually a story? I was just making up stuff. Squeaky, squeaky cheese, cheese is even is scarier. Thing. Is it halloumi? It so oh. so squeaky cheese is cheese curds that are fresh, and when you eat them, they squeak, and that's because the bacteria is still alive on the cheese. So technically, you are just killing millions of bacteria, <gasps> and the squeak is their death cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, eating squeaky cheese thing. is the squeak is the scream of the dying bacteria as you're yep. eating. That's the most horrific thing we've heard tonight. Oh my gosh. Cheese is scary. I never knew. Cheese is well, I mean, there's the one Star Trek episode where they almost, you know, blew up the the uh Voyager because of cheese. Oh my gosh. I I've, I'm rewatching Voyager at the moment. I've not got that far in. Uh it's I think it's in season three or four. I just passed it a couple days ago, so. Sweet. Um, no, so, um, so I grew up. My family is my my dad's side's Catholic and my mom's side's Lutheran, and we have somewhat religious, but not quite, not very. Like it's it's a weird mix of people in my family, um, and. My family has always had this like weird relationship with the occult type of thing. Um, my mom and my grandmother, my, my mom would tell me what my grandmother would tell her sometimes, which was that she, my grandmother remembered like walking in on her aunts chanting in and doing like some ritual in the house um, and stuff like, like, but they never talked about it. Like it was like one of those things where like they saw it and they could tell you what was happening, but they never actually talked about it or find out, found out about it. Okay. Is this a, is this a bad time to mention that I've just watched Midsummer this morning? <laughs> <laughs> this is no. this is this is cutting cutting real close to. I fantasy there's life. a reason why I related very very heavily to Midsummer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and so Catholic, Catholic rituals are terrifying as they are so mm. very I necromantic even, i couldn't even tell you if it was catholic or not because my my grandmother couldn't tell you like she was like they were saying some weird language that she didn't understand and she wasn't sure what they were saying like it was 
it was just it the 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 story that I remember because this was when I was younger is very there's not a lot of information but it was really creepy <laughs> um so anyway my family has always had like this weird relationship with the occult and the church in that I was raised Catholic I went to a private Catholic school um at one point I wanted to be a nun when I grew up so yeah that didn't cool. turn out too well but um we like my mom also believes very firmly in ghosts my whole family does believes in ghosts um we uh feel very strongly that we have family ghosts around us like ancestor type of like i i very strongly feel like my grandparents are always around me type of thing and my sister and i started having these weird dreams and when we were very very young and it started off with my uncle and my uncle had a very tragic accident and a tree fell on his head and a couple of hours later he was found dead in his home and when he was found that he was found at night my sister and i were asleep and we both woke up saying that we had dreams where we were flying and i had dreams that i was flying with my uncle uh, mm. my sister just had a dream that she was flying my mother woke up and mm. said that she also had the dream that she was flying. Whoa. So, Whoa. so this started very, very young. And it has occurred with all three of us for almost every major family death. And for me, with two of my friends that passed away. So this has been a reoccurring thing. But with me, I always fly with them. So, like, I always dream like I'm holding their hand and flying with that person. And <laughs> we, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's weird enough, like, it, it was weird enough for my family, like, anytime my sister, my mom, or I dream that we're flying, we call, like, everybody in the entire family. Like, are you guys okay? Are you guys okay? We check in. Because it's not every time that we dream that we're flying, but... Every time someone's passed away, we've jumped, we flied. So, and uh, my mom one time was she. She was talking with a friend of hers and was like mentioned it casually, and her friend was like, "Oh, you dream that you're flying, and if you're dri dreaming you're flying with the person, you're actually trying to escort their soul up to heaven. So you are actually a guardian of them to make sure that they go up to heaven. So." Like it's it's always just been like this really weird thing that happens to my family, but it's normal for us. In a way, like. So. Wait. <laughs> so so it happens with you, your sister, and your mother. Yep. Are there like other circles of flight dreams that you know of? In in the family or close relations. There are other things that happen with dreaming with my family. Oh, crap. So I have one aunt who when it thunderstorms if she's sleeping she will actually levitate above the bed and my mother has actually seen her do this well, um <clears throat> yeah. yeah excuse me yeah um, I, it doesn't like 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 yeah like but 
Well, um, okay. If you do see this, if you do see this at some point, if you could please get us a measurement of like the distance, I think David and I would really, we really need that the scientific data. Every time that I have spent like time with my aunt, I'm like, is it gonna thunderstorm? Can we go see her levitate? If you're woken up, if you're woken up, mommy, mommy, let's watch her sleep. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, can oh we have it? Can we have my aunt over so that I can watch her levitate? <laughs> so yeah, like we, my family just has weird things that just happen to them, like in their sleep. It's just, it's really weird. So, but at the same time, it's it's not because it's always been that way for us. Have you ever looked into kind of maybe? The connections in other ways, like I've looked at see maybe as Mike was saying, are there any other kind of groups out there that experience this kind of stuff or heard about any other people experiencing experiencing this stuff? Or is it something that seems to be unique to you and your family? Yeah, I haven't I haven't really looked into it mostly because every time that you just, you know, dreams about flying, it just tells you like what it means. And the dream interpretation, mm. and I'm like, well, that mm. doesn't actually mean that for me. But, you know, <laughs> can we can we figure something else out? I don't know. Like, I don't know if maybe I have to reword like my search or what. Yeah. I suppose it's, it's the, holy smokes. Typing dreams into Google as if it does. Um, yeah. Yeah, you'll get like dream walkers and, and like Freud. Yeah. And, and, and like stuff that's not what I'm experiencing. So I have I have searched it, but not not extensively. I'd be I'd be interested to kind of look into look look a lot more into that kind of stuff because dreams are one of those things that people always try to connect to things. And there's a lot of stuff within a lot of the ancient cultures about, let's say, dream walkers and. Mm-hmm. The profess, profess, yeah, prophetic nature words, prophetic nature of dreams and stuff as well. So it would be something that'd be kind of cool to know more about. So yeah, 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 and it's generally just a very elusive to to science, just because it's so linked to a, a very complex organ, the human brain, that we just don't understand. So it's what really is going on in there. Who mm-hmm. knows? Yeah. But how how can we? We don't have the ability yet to kind of put out and see what other people are dreaming. So it's always very much going to be interpretation of what people say. So mm. And what they vaguely remember from the dreams. Because I don't know how it is for you, but actually we were just talking about this yeah. internally. Like some of us can remember our dreams. Some hosts, well, one can't remember any dreams. So, yeah, that's another thing. Just the, uh, just the level to which you remember details. Yep. Yeah, I, there's there's one dream that I I've I've had a recurring nightmare dream thing for years. Um, I've no idea what it means. It's very bizarre. What? Are you with it? Would you like to? Are you com- are you comfortable with sharing it? Yeah, I'm comfortable with sharing it. It's just a bit. Okay. It, it's not scary or horrible or anything. It's just well, maybe maybe Crystal and I can make it scary. <laughs> maybe you could tell me what it means, and that would be scary. Mm, maybe. Okay. It's, the, it's, it's literally the only recurring nightmare dream thing that I have that I remember. I, other ones, mm-hmm. 
I'll have memories of it when I wake up and then I'll, I'll know that they fade over the day or so. But this is the only dream that I remember. And I remember having it in multiple houses. When I explain it, like when I've had it in multiple different houses where I've lived, the dream was transferred to these locations. So it's, it's a dream of uh, being chased by something. Uh, I'm usually walking home. It can be day or night. Time, time doesn't really matter with it. So I'll just be walking home from somewhere, walking down the street towards my house and something will start chasing me. Most of the time, and this is where it gets a bit weird, most of the time the thing that chases me is a great white shark. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Please continue. Please okay. continue. Um, as I say, this is where it starts to get weird. So most of the time it's great. Mm. Sometimes it will be people okay. or other things. But I would say probably eight or nine times out of ten, it's a great white shark. And it can swim. It's fine. It doesn't care whether it's out of the water and it'll swim through the air. Um, and as I then start to realize that the thing is chasing me, I start to run away from it. Um, as you do, because... If a great white shark is chasing you down the street, you're gonna you're gonna run. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stop and ask, hey, how are you out of the water? You're just I'm just gonna get out of there. Why, why are you floating behind me trying to eat me? What's this about? You should be in yeah. the water over there. Too many questions. Um, yeah. Um but as I start to run, and it's especially when it is the great white shark that is chasing me, it will start to feel like I'm running through water. And so I won't be able mm. I won't be able to escape this. And yes, I can oh. and dreams and trying to escape and you can't. And mm-hmm. There's things in the back of your head and stuff like that. Um, but then the next level of weirdness comes on top of this. I do manage to escape whatever it is that's chasing me. But the way I manage to escape is I stop running. I then start, I then drop down onto my knees. Like if I'm imagining like sitting in the Cesar position. So the, the, Japanese on your knees position. I will then start to paddle with my hands and I'll start to levitate off the floor and then that'll push me along really, really quickly and I'll escape. Thank you for sharing. You asked me to. Crystal, do you have any insight (laughs) into this dream? Um, Your fault. (laughs) Because I have no idea. Well, um, I, hmm. Uh, hmm. please go ahead, Crystal. Uh, <laughs> so, analysis uh, this rather than horror stories. I'm trying to like, I'm trying to think of like a way to describe it that's not weird. Um, yeah. so weird, I don't care. Um, so, so my guess is that like, first off, is that you're actually still underwater even if you're walking underneath. Uh, or on a, like a sidewalk or down the street or something because it's like a um, that weird like Disney underwater Little Mermaid type of thing where like yeah. they have so like, much like, streets and stuff and you're like you don't need streets you could swim yeah. like <laughs> hmm. so so that would be like my interpretation with with that is that you're you're just still underwater and it's just that's how it is. Like physics doesn't work in dreams anyway. So, and then like, 
having to get away. You're almost like having to bow down or supplicate to it in mm. order to get away. Mm. So like you yeah. have to like there's something that you have to accept before you can actually Precisely. get away from whatever Precisely. it is that I, you're being mm. chased by. Crystal Crystal, I think I think you're on to it. Okay. I think we found you a new career. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get you, uh, new, become a new Sigmund Freud. Yeah, new Freudian psychoanalyst. Oh, you don't no, want but, that. But Crystal, no, you, you don't want that. I think no, I think I think you're onto something though. Where would there be streets underwater? An Atlantis. island that yes, that sank Atlantis precisely. So if you, ever, if you ever find no, if you ever find yourself in Atlantis, you will be in great danger, possibly from a great white shark, or maybe that symbolizes something, I'm not sure. And you need to you're gonna need to get down on your knees and accept like, the Atlantean learnings to be able to escape and ascend to some kind of new age form. Maybe I'm trying to weird gaming thing here. I'm an Edeneth Deepkin. I'm, I'm a thick... Maybe. Maybe a you Rokea? are really... Yeah, you could be... Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, that's it. <laughs> it's Werewolf the Apocalypse. You're one of the were sharks, and you're running from your true half-shark yeah, form. From your, you're running from your true pathway. Oh my I, need, I need to turn and face it and be bitten and become... Yeah. Oh... Dreams have come true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's my weird dreams. Um, <laughs> although being part, of, being part of that kind of law, I'm very happy about that. We'll go that route rather than cool. fish elf. Um, you don't want to be part part fish people. I don't mind being part fish people. It's the elf part that I have an issue with. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, there used to be <laughs> in in Warhammer back in the day. There was always this like conspiracy theory about fish people. Like I never really got it, but they would just be like mentions of fish people, and you just see it in like like the the art that they were doing, like wood carvings with fish people in them, and then like like the uh, you know the crazy people of the setting uh, would be just like carrying around fish. All the time, it's like this weird Are you thing from about a the nod to Lovecraft. Maybe, yeah, it could have been. It could have been Lovecraft. It could have been uh, fish slapping jokes from from British comedy. Um, it could have been anything, but it was just like the, I think someone just made like a fish person joke in the studio, in the Games Workshop studio, one day, and it just like became a meme within the setting and with the writers and everything. Yeah, back. In but maybe that's David. First, second, third edition, back when they actually had comedy in the set, in the setting, fish mm -hmm. fishing was quite a comedy thing. Yeah, and then they went serious, grim, dark. Mm. Although Mordheim had a lot of the fish people jokes in it, and that was where the grim dark really started. Yeah. So there was a there was a brief period where it was just everything, and it was a great time. Anyway, or seventh anyway, anyway, we're, we're digressing on the topic. Yeah, people wanted horror stories and the like. Um, I can share another one if people would like. Yeah. Because I grew up, I grew up in the state of Connecticut, and I remembered a story from the 18th century about vampires, a vampire infestation in Connecticut. But then, today, I went to go start researching. I couldn't find the story that I remembered. There was nothing about it on the internet, Maybe but I could have sworn I had. Yeah, I could have sworn I have 
I think I'm like an old hard drive. I've got some articles like like uh, 18th century newspaper articles tucked away on this subject. Uh, and like how they were trying to get like European experts in to figure out the, the vampire issue. However, doing this research, I found a different uh, vampire issue in the state of Connecticut way back in the day. This was the, uh, the 19th century. So I'm pretty issue. sure. Yeah. It's through, no through the just centuries. A, just a mild issue. <laughs> well, you know, through the centuries, it seems as though there have been vampires among us. And this one uh, happened in Jewett City in eastern Connecticut. Um, there was a large family uh, farming family. And it seems as though uh, there was an illness being spread amongst them. Some might call it tuberculosis, people or consumption, you know, people coughing up blood and the like. But it seemed to persist. It didn't matter how many bodies had to be buried and how long they had to, you know, uh, stay away from each other. The disease kept coming back. And um, eventually, over a nine-year period, the entire very large family, very large far- farming family, all died of, uh, of consumption. And they were all buried and then forgotten. And it wasn't until the 1990s that some kids were actually playing in a, uh, a hillside gravel mine. And they found the unmarked graves of all these people. And no one knew where they came from. And, you know, eventually, you know, um, people went in and started to, to uncover the bodies and they found that some of the bodies were actually missing. It seemed as though points had been exhumed at some point after they originally had been buried. Eventually, they actually did find where these other bodies had been relocated. And when they were dug up to be identified, they noticed that there were some very strange ritualistic uh, aspects to the, the reposition burial. Um, the skulls had been dislocated from the spine and the skulls were placed face down. And the femurs were placed in X position uh, as a way to try to ward off, they think, to ward off the uh, vampiric influence and to protect the others in the community. So, pretty weird. Oh, people There's back some really cool vampire stories out there. Just like, weird. True life. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the question is, like, so who went in here and dug up these specific bodies... And then did this kind of ritualistic, uh, uh, you know, um, I don't know what you want to call it, repellent or warding spell or something like that. Who who went in there? Was it a, a local, it probably wouldn't be a, a priest or something. They, they would never, uh, you know, uncover these bodies. And it, well, they also clearly didn't have like a Christian burial. So who who buried all of them? Who buried this entire family? Um, did the did the disease or the vampire strike uh, others in the community, and then someone went to uh, do this warding ritual or the like? It's all quite strange, quite peculiar, and frankly, we don't have enough details on it. It's, it's pretty cool. Hmm. Digging them up, doing something to the corpses, and then reburying them in a very specific manner. Hmm. What do you know it? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Colonial United States or like early United States has a lot of great ideas for stuff like Warhammer Mm -hmm. fantasy roleplay. Just a lot of just like, what the hell were these people doing? Are they all crazy? I don't know. 
one one of there's a um, it's a bit cheesy. It's a bit it's brilliant. I love it, but I don't know if it exists anymore. Maybe it's still going anymore. But um, the Sleepy Hollow TV series has some brilliant mm. little little mm-hmm. nods towards that kind of Civil War era, some of the spookiness that was happening around that time. And there's a few vampire stories in there. I thought that was a brilliant mm. series for some light-hearted Civil War spoop. Yeah, I watched like an episode or two. I don't remember it very well. Didn't it have, it had like Clancy Brown in it for yeah. a hot minute in the first episode. No, he's in it for quite a lot of it. And he's actually comes out Wait, what? like a character. Let me, let me Interesting. I'm Maybe I need to keep those. watching this. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, no, it's it's. I don't think they didn't do many series of it. Um, but it was. Yeah, horror TV shows seem to not usually stick around that long. You know, we had like the X Files for eleven seasons now, but other things. But do you like, call that uh, horror? There's Secret frequency. horror episodes. It, it's kind of a horror show. Yeah, there's, there's like Skinwalker stuff. American Horror Story has been around for nine, ten years, something like that. Yeah, and it should have stopped been that a long, long time wow. ago. But... Yeah. <laughs> okay, I watched the first season, and it was, you know, it was pretty scary. It was pretty good. But then we have a lot of other things that just seem to like pop up for a little bit. There was like a Salem TV show, which I think got like two seasons or something. Um... Is all about witches, as you'd expect, and stuff like that. Van Helsing TV show seems to be doing quite well, but then it's on the very same Maybe. kind of what Walking Dead style. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's Walking Dead too. You know, I don't own a TV, so maybe I just don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> let's be honest. I I liked the Walking Dead for like the first two seasons, three seasons, and then after that I was like, eh, I'm hanging up over this. I think it was once once they discovered the mayor, was he called the mayor or someone, and they they found this town where they said, yeah. that's what. Yeah, no, I stopped after that. Mm. I kept watching. Sort of vampire information <laughs> that I know. Well, we let's I, go back to actual okay, right, historical right, vampires stuff. So, um, one of my friends, um, who's actually provided me information for when we did, so me and Crystal, when we did our Fanboy 3 Manchester Horror stuff. Yeah. So, Catherine Crouch, a friend of mine, she did a PhD in archaeology and some, like, burying dead people and all sorts of weirdness, um, because she's like that. But one of the people that she, I need to get her on the show, um, but we'll tr- we'll try. Um, but yeah, she told me about someone else, a friend of hers, who did a entire three and a half year PhD on vampires and burial methods of if you suspect he's a vampire. So a three and a half year entire degree on how you bury a vampire, and apparently one of the most effective ways is when you bury someone is you stick a brick in their mouth. Stop uh, rising. Um, if you, if you yeah. suspect, suspect that the person is going to rise, vampire, you bury them with a brick in their mouth in an iron cage so that the grave is covered with an iron cage. Interesting. So what you're telling me is that the mafia in America is actually trying to prevent people from becoming vampires when they stick them in concrete and throw them in a river. That's what you're telling me, right? Or maybe that the mob is actually really the Giovanni. 
No, no. <laughs> well, that's we'll move know, along from that one I very know. quickly. I know. The mob is just incognito vampire hunters. That's, that, even better. that's that, a better that result. Be yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, I need to get more. I, I, I asked for more kind of stories from her for today, but she didn't respond. If you're watching, cat, damn you. <laughs> I have. So I have. Um, kind of a abandoned building, not really abandoned building, but a creepy basement building story too, uh, building off of what Mike had. Uh, oh, the creepy ban abandoned building. I, so as I mentioned before, like my whole, like the ancestors, families, ghosts thing and stuff like that is very prevalent with my family. Mm. One of the things that's, that's prevalent within my entire site, my dad's family is my grandfather used to pick up coins everywhere. Didn't matter where could be a penny on the ground he'd always pick it up okay yeah. that was always a yeah. thing so whenever yeah, we find sensible sensible yeah whenever we find money on the ground we always say thank you grandpa pick it up oh, so i nice. was with my two two friends at the time and um we were at friend i'm gonna leave names out of it but I, we were at friend a's place of work and their place of work was an old building from the 40s and 50s, where it was a mental hospital. And it was reconverted into an IT um, uh, company recently. Cool, cool. So he was giving us a tour around this, this company. And um, you could see like on the wall, like there were huge electrical panels <laughs> in like almost all of the rooms um, where they would keep the wires and electrodes for shock therapy. And there was still like harnesses and stuff like that in like closets on the wall where they couldn't actually take it out because it was anchored into the uh, foundation of the building type of thing. Okay. So Friend A, uh, we're at we're at their place of employment. Friend B does not like horror stories, does not like okay. horror at all, does not like scary stuff, does not like jump scares, nothing. Mm -hmm. Okay, we are there yeah. at night with nobody else in the building. Okay, friend A is what? like, hey, do you guys want to go down to the basement and see yeah, all what, of the what? stuff that's still left there from the mental health hospital? Cri Chris, Crystal, what? Why were you there all alone late at night? We had to go pick. So we had to we had to help him pick well, up a bunch of computers from his workplace to transport. So we were helping him load stuff. Oh, you're just being a good friend. Yeah, okay, we were cool. just being good cool, friends. Cool. So. Also, why wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, and so 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 they were like, "Hey, you want to go into the basement and check it out?" And I'm like, "Hell yes, let's go." Uh, friend B is like, nope, I'm not. I don't want to be left alone in this building mm -hmm. at all. So, what what they oh, decide no. upon is that we are going to go. The only way to get down to the basement is by elevator. The elevators in this building are controlled because of of how they were wired in the first oh, place. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, wait, wait, but what about what about the what? There's no stairs. What about the stairs? There was no stairs to the basement. Stairs? That, uh, that I was that, aware of. 
or that he that the that friend A had access to. I should say, they may not have had access to it. I'm not sure. Maybe it was Winchester House. The pretty oh. sure that's against building code. But probably. Okay. Anyway, um, let's get back to the, the story. horror story. I'm sorry. <laughs> With your damn facts and science and. I don't, I don't know. I just know that we didn't have access to staircase. Hmm. Okay. Um, so for those of you that don't know, um, control elevators have a timer where after a certain time, the doors will close whether they're locked or not and go up to a different floor. And they're controlled by a locking key. So you have to have the lock or the key in order to get into the elevator and use it. Hmm. So if you don't have the lock and key, you can't get out or into the elevator. Okay. So my friend has lock and key. All the employees do because they have to be able to use the elevator. And so uh, they take us down to the basement. And I'm the only one that goes down and starts walking around in this basement. Now, they did not tell me that there was a timer on it, <laughs> on this, this elevator. Uh, so hmm. uh, the, the two friends stay on the elevator. They don't get off at all. They don't want to be down in the basement at night in this, you know, building where there's only three of us there. And me, being not really afraid of much, I'm like, hey, cool, awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go look around. So I go looking through the build, looking through the basement, walking around. There's like a pathway that you can follow all the way around. And um, I could see like they still had a couple of the chairs, electro chairs down there and like a couple of other things for storage. And I start seeing all of these pennies and change all the way down the hallway. <laughs> Normally, I am one that I'm like, oh, I'm going to pick that up. Wait. And... Uh, ooh, ooh, a piece of candy. Yeah, ooh, ooh, a piece, piece of, candy. of candy. Ooh, ooh a piece, piece of candy. candy, going. candy now, candy. now, mind you, mind you, I am a huge 13 mm. Ghosts fan, and the only thing that I could think about was the jackal. The, mm. the jackal ghost for, for this. Who... Um, uh, is, is a as a mental health patient that uh, like goes berserk and just murders the fuck out of everybody. Excuse my language. I'm dropping f bombs all over the place. That's cool. We're we're hard. I think it's fine. Do it. So um, these are the only coins that I don't ever pick up that I see because I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. And as I am looking and following this trail, my friend goes, "Oh, the door's closing." And, uh, and I start I start running to get back. Door closes and they go back up to the first floor. Now there was also a lockout timer where you have to wait a minute before you can send the elevator back down to the basement. Oh my gosh, you're just trapped there for one so minute. So I was trapped one down. One long basement. minute. At that point I was like, oh I might as well finish my walk. So I just keep okay, walking. Cool. <laughs> I walked all the way around. Nothing actually happened to me other than the weird pennies. Well, you didn't pick up the pennies, though. No, I did not. Crystal, were the pennies leading somewhere into a dark, dank closet? <laughs> or maybe a, a separate room where you could hear the sizzling of electricity? You know, I saw, I, I saw pennies going around, and I just I didn't follow them. I stayed on the main path that I saw. 
gosh. Just in case, because I had seen one too many ghost stories at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I, I would have done. Lodge them with my foot? <laughs> Hold them for a little bit, and if they go off down a dark alleyway, it's like, yeah, yeah, no. No, I know. I, I, yeah, I mean, I finished my walk. By the time I finished my walk, they were coming back down. And they were like, okay. we we were expecting to find you dead, like slaughtered, blood all over the place. <laughs> I mean, if it was a real horror movie, that's what would have happened. Yep. But luckily, we live in the real world <laughs> where that usually doesn't happen. Usually doesn't happen. I just didn't touch the pennies. Usually. Yeah. He's the key yeah. word here. Had I touched the yeah. penny, I probably would have been possessed by something. Yeah. Maybe a pretty god of loose change. I was going to say Anoya, but no, she's actually the... It could have been Anoya, like Terry Pratchett's god of lost kitchen items. <gasps> oh, she was yeah. trying to lead you to the oh, lost yeah. kitchen items and stuff. So. Yeah. That would have been cool. Maybe it was really... Maybe there was really a good spirit trap down there, and you could have saved them. I'm sorry, I shouldn't. They were trying to leave. I shouldn't, I I shouldn't bring that into the. Uh, so that you could you. free them. Yeah. Not into the, the, no, the blooming. No, you you were in a you were in a horror story. It's it's quite true. <laughs> it's quite true. But you chose correctly. Although, geez, Cressy, you can't split the party like that. You got to keep everyone together. I know, but curiosity got the best. You, you're a fantastic GM. Yeah. Why did you split the party? You understand. <laughs> You know what happens when you split the party. Especially when one person goes away and the rest disappears. Unless you're the barbarian, stay together. I mean, have hmm. you seen me rant and rave about things? Yeah, true. Hmm, that's true. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Nice. That's a that's an awesome story. It's really cool. That's like, that's like proper, proper traditional modern horror. Yeah. Trad modern. Yeah, that is good. that a what is that a new thing? I'm gonna create that. It's a new thing. Trad modern. There you go. Yeah, make it a make it a Reddit. Reddit R slash trad horror. No, trad modern horror. Uh, it's trad modern, whatever whatever it was. Yes. <laughs> I was just making a Reddit joke. Yeah. Anyway. David, you got any other uh, good stories? I'm fresh out at this point. Oh it's Crystal, you can just tell us more creepy stories because it seems like uh you got loads. the darkness permeates your surroundings. I, I have so many so many how do you have so many and i'm just like <laughs> doop doop doo i walked into a creepy dust filled room one that one time oh come on that in 30 years found, of my life you found like is literally weird. like a, a blacked out someone was trying to keep something in like yeah someone was <laughs> what 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 if i brought something out with me you probably did oh my gosh that's why you don't have any horror stories because you are the horror story <gasps> oh no oh no <laughs> oh no <laughs> If we, if we oh, Mike, you are again. a horror story. As we brought, brought, brought back up uh, the, the trapping things in story again. Um, so I was going to look up a load of kind of like Norfolk, Suffolk folk legends and talk about those. Didn't have time today. Um, like, So I'm actually from that kind of... So in, in England, if you look at a map of England and you look at the bit which sticks out like an ass on the east side of England, the top part is called Norfolk, which translates to nor North Folk, and Suffolk is South Folk. And it's traditional areas. Uh, Suffolk is where um, I see, uh, yeah, Iceni. 
comes from and um, who like this warrior maiden who went around and beat the crap out of the Romans back in like 400 AD or something. Oh, cool. She's I... fucking amazing. She's like riding a chariot and horses and like proper Pictish warrior woman beating the crap out of Romans. I mean, I'm down Wait, for that. Wait, so you guys, so you, you had that brilliant. person, you also had, you had uh, Bodica as well? Oh, Bodica, that's it. Yeah. Boudica. Okay. All right. Or gotcha. Bodicea, depending on who. I mean, there. I, I was asking. Maybe there's multiple badass warrior women that were standing against the Romans around there. from history. Yeah, but Boudica yeah. Bodicea, she was the queen of the Iceni, the Iceni from the Suffolk Colchester area. Mm. So there's all gotcha. stories coming from around there. But the the thing that so I was cutting around the house doing housework this morning, and I was listening to um, a couple of YouTube podcast things, and I came across this castle um, in the Czech Republic, what is now the Czech Republic. Um, and when I started to hear about it and listen about it, I was just like, this place is the most insanely brilliant, horror-filled, nightmare-inducing place I've ever heard of. Um, and as I was kind of looking into it, apparently it is like the most famous haunted demonic castle in Europe. And I'm like, how have I never heard of this place? Um, so the Czech, oh uh, Czech Republic is a small country just kind of southeast of Germany um, and is kind of the remains of the Bohemian Empire. So in the 1300s in Europe, um, there was a country called Bohemia, which is kind of southwest Germany, northeast Czech Republic, um, covers quite a large area. Um, and there's all sorts of kind of weird stuff happening at that time in there. Um, and you get the first king, uh, you get one of the kings at the time was called, uh, and you recognize this name, Wenceslas. So is the uh, Wenceslas. So the mm. first um, was one, the king of Bohemia at the time, but there's a there's there's connections to other kings of Bohemia. Um, can't remember their names because they're all Czech and not easy to pronounce. So I'm not even going to attempt it. So I do apologise. But there's a couple of other kind of kings that are related to it. But in the 1300s. Um, there was a lot of tension within this region of Europe. Um, Prague had yet to really been, be established as a major trading hub within within, Czech, uh, within Czechoslovakia, as it was, or kind of that region. Um, the Holy Roman Empire was had, had, had fallen by that point in Europe. Germany was on the rise. There's a lot of kind of warring states going on in the 1300s. Uh, and so this area, the Bohemian area of Europe, had lots of castles. And if you go to the Czech Republic, it is you, you get a castle every 40, 50 kilometers. It's just absolutely strewn. And some of them are fantastic and brilliant and beautiful and amazing Gothic era castles through medieval through to the Romantic period castles. And they're all absolutely fantastic. But this one in particular stands out. It's called Hrad Hoska. Hrad 
is the Czech word for castle, and Hoska is the region where it is. So Castle Hoska. What makes it stand out in its creepiness is the region that it was built in has a lot of folk tales and traditional folk stories of changelings, of werewolves, uh, of beasts in the night stalking the forests and, and, and attacking um, people. Oh my gosh. And th these are stories that date back from like the 700s, 800s, 900s, kind of like the Viking period of the Dark mm -hmm. Ages. And these, these are stories that we know that exist within this area. And so we know that there is already a, a history of darkness in this region, of thing, not unnatural things stalking people through the dark woods. So Bohemia, for those of you who don't know what really much about Bohemia, is a large kind of rolling hills, not quite mountains, but mostly rolling hills, and it is wooded. It is a vast wood. Imagine your idea of Carpathian forests, but less craggy. Um, so it's kind of like Carpathia, but less craggy, less, less mountainous, rolling hills, lots of pine woods and darkness and really twisted stories. And so these stories were famous in that area. And then for some reason, King Wenceslas I, or one of the kings around that period, but mostly related to Wenceslas I, decided to build a castle in this region. Now, the stories go that this made no sense. Why would you build a castle here? It was 30 kilometers away from water source. It was on top of a hill in an impenetrable forest. It was not near any region where other forces would attack and on top of a hill. Now on top of a hill makes sense. You put a castle on top of a hill because that makes sense. But why put it in a region where there are no enemy forces? Why put it in a region where you can't easily get water. Why put it in a region where you really, there's only one route to it because you can't get through the forests to get to it. It starts mm. off with this kind of weird, creepy vibe. It's in a forest where we know there's horror stories and there are stories of skinwalkers, there's stories of werewolves, there's stories of creatures hunting large bestial things bigger than a side bigger than a man who walk around you, you kind of basic yeti stories and things kind of like it's proper why, why is there a castle here what's what why 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 would you do this yeah and so they built this castle and it was a proper in the in in the time when it was originally built it was a proper gothic castle um as that was the kind of style of the time um, and then about a hundred years later, it has a chapel built on top of it. And it was used as a prisoner of war um, castle rather than an actual defensive castle. They, they used to put a lot of prisoners within this place. 
And then the story started to float around that the, 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 the chapel was built on top of a gateway to hell. And stories started to come out um, that the reason they brought the chapel, they built the chapel on this specific location next to the castle was because the prisoners were being offered to gain their freedom. And the way to gain their freedom was they would be to be tied to a rope and dropped down into a chasm to the castle to find out what was down this chasm. Oh, okay. Well, I One mean... person took this offer up. What happened to him? Only them? one person took this offer up from the stories. He slowly lowered down into this chasm his fellow work crew on a rope, dangling on this hemp rope, slowly lowered down into this gorge next to a castle in a region full of horror and beasts and nightmares. After descending 100, 150 meters down into this chasm, the work crew suddenly heard screams coming from deep within this chasm of pure and utter terror. And so quickly, the work crews brought up this worker, this, this prisoner, they brought him back up, got him to the surface, and he was nonsensical. He, he, he had gone pasty white, his hair had gone white after being a vibrant young man captured at his prime at 20 years old or so. Um, and he'd come up looking like a withered husk, an old man. All his hair was falling out, it had gone white, his beard had gone white. And he was unable to speak of the horror that he had seen other than scream. His eyes had gone dead. Two days later in the infirmary, he died, never revealing what he had seen down that chasm. A couple of years later, the, 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 the chapel was built on top of this chasm to bury it and to put the church on top of it to cleanse it of its dark nature. Oh my God. Skip forward a couple hundred years. Um, there were stories of every time you'd go, um, you'd, there, were, there were writings and things where people would hear scratching under the floor of the chasm of, of, of the as things to try to escape from the the, the, the the actual current building that stands there now um, it's been rebuilt um, numerous times because everything in Europe is rebuilt numerous times because everything is during war but there are frescoes on the wall of the current castle that show bestial creatures attacking people and they are very very pagan and very very dark in their their imagery and they date back from like 17 late 17 early 18th century so they are quite old and this is at a time when that region of europe is heavily christian and I, it's like you one of the things you need to know about europe in the, this kind of late 17 early 18 pushing up to 1900 the church is everything if you're not part of the church you're gonna be in a lot of trouble um, and so if they're putting forward these kind of images, then something is really quite weird. Um, 
and then the church kind of it falls into disrepair as you kind of get the the Czech Republic kind of gets taken over by Russia and all sorts of weird stuff happens in the early 19th century in Europe because politics and war and stuff and the church falls into disrepair for for a while and then the second world war kicks off and we all know Nazis are a bit weird and a bit iffy and 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 the SS take up home within Fred Hoska um, and rumours then start to fly around about the dark occult nature of the SS and what their true mission really, really is. Not much is known about what the SS really did within Hradkoska, because when Russia came in and freed the Czech Republic from the Nazis, they burnt everything. So nobody really knows what the Nazis did there and what the SS were actually really looking for within the region. Um, and after this, um, Czech Republic, Czechoslovakia as it was at the time, it fell under communist rule and the communist state just really didn't care about saving buildings. Um, and then in 1989, you had the Velvet Revolution in Czechoslovakia and got free from the Soviet state. Um, the church was, the, the building is in very much bad state of repair, 1994 for various other reasons. And if you kind of follow the history of it, and actually I do recommend you look this up because it's really interesting is the history of Czechoslovakia and Czech Republic. It does really play a kind of a key role in the freedom of the region from Soviet rule in a very bizarre way. I won't go into it because we're not doing a history lesson here. But when I looked at this, it's actually brilliantly interesting. And I would love to, I want to learn more about it. Um, and so it becomes free from, from that. And, and then in 1994, Czech, Czech Republic and Slovakia split and you kind of get all this weird political stuff in there and you end up with all sorts of stuff. It's now actually open as a tourist place to go and visit. <laughs> because why not? Um, and there are stories, you now hear modern stories of cars never starting, people visiting the, the chapel and the, the, the castle itself and hearing noises. And if they're walking around the forest, you'll catch glimpses of things out the corner of your eyes. Um, and, and yeah, that's Bohemia and creepy ass castles. Pretty weird. Crystal, Crystal, what do you think? Did did the king know something? Did he put it? Did he put the castle there for a reason, as a last line of defense against the the forces of hell, or was he in on it? What do you think? Um, I would like to think he was in on it. Yeah, the I king like those, went list, those list, European aristocrats on the feast. I I I would actually think that he was in it for his himself. He was he put the he put the castle there so that that the um if anything were to come he would have that chasm right there as a defense so this what actually, you're saying just is he thought... this is the whole reason i got onto this actual story and it was to do with mike's story about locking things in a completely part of the story this definitely definitely putting a castle on top of the hellmouth is uh 
I mean, sorry, the uh, the chapel on top of the Hellmouth is maybe a way to, to keep so every, Everybody knows the stereotypical image of a castle. You have your mutton keep and things inside of it. And then you have a wall and the castle. Now, walls are very specifically designed. You have your crenellations facing away from the castle. And you have a slope oh, that no. faces away from the castle. So the fat part, really hard to get up a castle and break it. This castle, nah. The walls were backwards. The crenellations were facing in. So those, that the wall that you get usually on the outside of a castle, on the walk away around it, is built up and protecting people on the outside of the castle. Like the wall is trying to hem something into this castle. Rather than protect things from coming outside into the castle, the walls were built to stop things in the castle escaping. Unless they're trying to lure enemy forces in. <laughs> the doors open, everybody come in! Yeah, maybe. Yeah, this is a weird... This true is a story weird castle. This is... Or, or some this is very, poor, yeah. poor uh, illiterate engineer looked at the plan <laughs> from, like, previous, like, oh, hey, that makes sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he read it backwards. Darn, <laughs> I see the uh, picture, <laughs> pictogram. <laughs> Maybe he was the first person to invent, uh, like, a, 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 like, a screen share thing, and he just kind of flipped the image by mistake. <laughs> maybe yeah looking at some photos of this castle and it is it is in such a weird spot it is on the top of a hill but the trees are so large all around it you couldn't even see anyone approaching it, no, it is, it's, and it's, it's built up on like a, a strange rock outcropping as yeah, it's well a beautiful looking building as well isn't it it's absolutely for a yeah so the castle so the castle which is now stood on the position is more of the romantic style of castles rather than your stereotypical kind of Dungeons and Dragons thing, which is kind of medieval Europe. This is, if you actually do look at castles within Europe and what they look like now, they're not kind of what you'd expect. And this one kind of, it has, it looks like a castle, but it's not a castle and it looks really creepy. Even without all these stories, you'd look at it and go, there's some weird shit in that castle. Yeah. Yeah, there's paintings of it. There's a painting... At least one of the original castle. You managed to get pictures of the the frescoes within within the building yet? Uh, yeah. What is that bear doing to that person? Yep, you found is it. Is that yep. a bear? What's that red thing? Rending, rending the person apart, pretty much. Oh my god! It's, it's absolutely like I when I when I heard this this morning and, and found out about this castle, it's like. I go to Czech Republic quite regularly. I go to Prague quite regularly. How have I never heard of this place? I need to go visit it now. This is like... Mm. But yeah, Bohemia is full of these stories. Wow. So, um, most castles per square footage of any anywhere in the world, I think. I think that's Slovakia. But... It's Czech yeah, Republic. Czech, it's on the, Czech it's Republic also has a ton. Germany. It's... It's Czech Republic, yeah. Slovak, uh, Germany border. 
Um, if anybody knows the World War II history, it's Sudanland region. Mm. Um, so. Oh, there's a picture of like an actual part of the the chasm too. Yeah. What? <laughs> they took a photo of it. Only, only oh like. My gosh. Like the top part, though. Like they didn't. They didn't lower the camera no, in. No, not as far as I'm. They didn't get the winch out. Oh no! Oh my gosh! Coming next summer, a brand new horror movie. <laughs> Found footage of what happened. When we lower people into a castle. I was gonna say, why? Why didn't they? Yeah. Why haven't they like sent drones or cameras down or anything like that? Unless they just don't want to. Wait, Crystal, what are you trying to do? <laughs> what are you trying to bring back up? If we just leave it there, maybe nothing will come. Will be spat up from the, the, the church is of the there earth. for a reason. You leave it on. Top. I am a. Thing. You put the plug yeah. in like, the hell gate and plug it up and leave yeah. it. I yeah. am I am like I'm like, oh you know, let's go wandering around in the basement of a mental institution while we're alone. But <laughs> okay. I am that yeah. type. You'll also you'll also take a trip down a winch to the depths of hell. You you're just like yeah, yeah, actually, just yeah, do yeah, that. yeah. You say you watch yeah, the like you seem to be like the kind of person who would jump jump at this kind of chance. Like I, yeah, because it's not height. I'm not. I don't like heights, so there isn't really. A I'm with you on that one. Oh, okay. Hmm. So I'd be like, yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? Mm. So. Sweet. Anyway, it's all like right. Uh, do we have any other? Yeah, any other ideas or stories we want to share, or should we uh, start to wrap this I up? I have one more, which is kind of more local and maybe okay. related to me, if you want to hear it if not then i suppose we can wrap it up it's been an hour and a half so oh uh, yeah we can we can definitely do another quick one if you want to share right very, this is very, I'll, be, I'll make it very very quick um it's kind of a little bit more related to me um and kind of where i grew up and stuff so um i grew up in uh after being in suffolk and weird creepy church place moved to nottingham for a bit and then moved back down to norfolk town called Wyndham. Don't Google it because you won't spell it correctly because England is weird. <laughs> um, but Wyndham, the, 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 one of the big things and that makes Wyndham famous is a guy called, excuse me, a guy called Robert Kett. Um, he is quite famous for rebelling against government. I can't remember time frames. It's not something I've looked at very long time. I moved away from Norfolk a long time ago. Um, but the story of Robert gets quite cool because he does rebel against the government um, and marches on the local town of or the local city, Norwich. Norwich used to be quite a politically important city within the UK. Um, it's not so much nowadays. Um, it's getting better. Um, it's drawing in a lot of computer tech and stuff. But back in the days of Robert Kett, it was quite an important governmental and kind of powerhouse of a town. It has a really brilliant Norman castle within it. But he, so Robert Kett comes from a village town called Wyndham. He created a rebellion against the government. And so he marched from Wyndham to Norwich and laid siege 
with his rebellion to the city of Norwich. Now, because he came from the village, uh, small villages and, and group and, and grabbed people from around the villages, they were all not well armed and they weren't a great army. Uh, and the government basically did did one over on them and had a proper army. And yeah, Robert Kett was arrested with his brother. Uh, Robert Kett was then sentenced to death and he was hung to death in the abbey at Wyndham. And Wyndham Abbey is a grand, grand building. It is absolutely beautiful. Um, but the tower in which he was hung has remained desolate and broken down ever since the hanging. Um, after the hanging, it was left abandoned. The rest of the, the, rest, the, rest of the abbey is still in use. You, we, they still hold services and festivals within it. Um, but the, the tower in which he was hung is not. And it's a well-known story within the region. Um, it's quite famous. Everybody knows it. And then if you, the, the, the story is that if you go into the abbey in the graveyard late at night and you walk into this abandoned tower connected to the church, you will hear the swinging of a dead man hanging from the bell towers. And I will leave it at that. Oh my gosh. Nice. And I hope everybody has enjoyed. Those of you who have actually stayed around and listened, a couple of people yeah. have come in. Well, I, think, I think Crystal wanted Unless to share Crystal's one gone. last story. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We'll do that and then we can wrap up. So, I'm actually going to have to quickly disappear because I'm hearing some weird noises around like not being broken no worries. into and it's not just going on so I'll be back okay. in a second but that's fine you crystal. can step away you can step away crystal yeah crystal you want to get started or should we yeah. uh okay so yeah, go ahead i will be back in a second yeah so this is a tie to milwaukee history but also a little bit with my family Ooh. and myself so um oh. if Whoa. um and I, so I'm a huge, like, local history fan and, like, social, uh, social history type of person. I'm not, like, a dates, military thing. No, no, no. I like gossip and all of that stuff. So, um, Milwaukee is actually built upon a marsh. And okay. it is a marsh right next to Lake Michigan. So, there's the lake. There's the the city proper. The city proper is only about three miles in length. And in smack dab in the middle of that is actually a lake. It's called Lake Emily. Now, if you look at maps of Milwaukee, there is no Lake Emily in Milwaukee because it is under buildings. So Milwaukee has several buildings that are built on top of the lake. The lake is only about 15 feet deep. And, um... I'm going to say probably about 20 to 30 feet across in diameter. Mm. So it's not that big. Okay. Pretty, yeah, pretty small. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty small. small. Um, and it is built underneath Northwestern Mutual, which is one of the oldest um, life insurance companies in the United States. And mm. this lake, um, they used a very special type of wood that doesn't, it actually, if it's, submerged in water will not disintegrate will not uh, deteriorate at all um and they built the entire okay. building on top of these pylons they're called pylons so yep. 
Um, so the, the company actually has to make sure that this lake continually stays full of water. And yeah. my dad yeah. was actually part of the team. He was the HVAC manager for Northwestern Mutual um, at this time. And he actually helped to create a rainwater system from the roof to feed the lake underneath the building. And so he would actually have to frequently walk out underneath the building on top of this lake, um, which is covered, basically covered over completely to check the water levels. And as a, as a child, I was actually able to go down there as well. They don't really allow a lot of people down there because of the safety of everything, because it's a lake underneath the building. Children uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, but yeah, I was, I was actually allowed to go underneath there and it's, it's weird because you can hear the water underneath, but you can't really see anything. You can't see too much underneath there. And hmm. when they were building this lake, um, they actually had an accident. Now this lake doesn't feed to anything else. Okay. It is a standalone lake that is fed by rainwater. And um, there was an accident. One of the workers actually drowned underneath the lake or in the lake. And they were never able to recover his body. Ever. Why not? Nobody has figured it out. They have not been able to. Oh, my um, it, it, like, And this was before the, the building was actually built on top of it. They searched for his body for a couple of days. Uh, it's not a no, big lake. It's not deep. They dredged the bo the bottom of the lake several times and could not find him. And so they had to continue with building. So they built the they built they completed building this building on top of the lake, and the lake is called Lake Emily, like I said. And you can actually walk like when you there there are rumors, and I didn't experience this as a kid, but there are rumors where if you're walking in the basement, you can still see like that there is a ghost that walks around down there looking for a way out of the building. So. But can't get out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Go down there. Yes. So. Yeah. But yeah, so that's a, a bit of Milwaukee history that's tied to my family that my dad helped to care for like Emily for many years up until his retirement. And then I'm not sure who's caring for it now, but yeah whoa why would they build this on a lake that seems like uh is it like like they do in england kind of the hydro dam stuff like they flood villages to build hydro dams and things or no i so one yeah. of the biggest things that they did was they wanted more buildings on the lakefront and this is right by the lakefront because it would raise property value mm. it would make it see it would make it more of a destination place so they wanted to make so. the ozarks but they made a really haunted horrible nasty place yep yep <laughs> Sweet. pretty much yep. yeah i mean yeah it must come down to just real estate you know it was like this is a spot where you can put a big building it's on a lake but who cares yeah, it's a lake to like 15 feet deep. Interesting. We, can, we can handle this yeah interesting Lake Emily actually comes into play in um, uh, Let the Streets Run Red, too. And there's a little bit of Lake Emily in there. Whoa. I'll have to check that one out. 
Interesting. Cool. I'm, I'm good with so far. Well, do you have anything else, Mike, to add? Yeah. No, not really. I think that's pretty much all the stuff. Um, I used to do a thing at work where, like, I would just, like, ask people, like, to tell me ghost stories if we're, like, stuck in a long car ride and stuff. And it got to the point where people were actually, like, uh, they would just ask locals, like, hey, you got any ghost stories, you know, around here? I got this guy in the office, just wants to hear all the, uh, all he the stories. He wants to the weird, and... creepy shit. Yeah, pretty much. Used to be some good ones. Ah, uh, oh, man, one, there was, like, this, um, this, like, stone kind of, like, obelisk in this one part of town. And apparently, like, the engineer was asking, or geologist was asking about this. And the guy was like, yeah, yeah, there's this rock over here. And being a geologist, he, like, went over to take a look. And apparently, like, scratches would just appear in the in the rock, in the stone obelisk. Just, like, you'd, you'd stop by. You haven't looked at it in a while. And it's like, are there new scratches in here? That sort of thing. New gashes? So that's kind of weird. I don't know if that was a ghost or something else, but there's something happening down there in that part of Connecticut. Same thing in Iceland with the elf houses and things, where they won't build roads across certain rocks they think elves live in oh man like i will mess around all day with ghosts but i will not mess around with the fae <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yes a fickle bunch talking about the fae um i won't go into it too much because i don't know again don't know much about it again but traditional english folklore um kind of comes around again the the 10th to 12th century AD because we had the dark ages where we burnt everything and got rid of stuff but um, Thomas of the Rhyme is kind of a cool story that relates to the fairy queens and, and stuff kind of Scottish English folklore um, he gets taken away by the fairy queens and there's some really cool stories about that I'll let you all look up that one it's not really a horror story so I won't go into it but um yeah, um, England, old, old, old England, old Scotland, the Scandic stories, Teutonic stories, there's some really cool, weird fey stuff. But yeah, don't ever fuck with a fey. Ghosts ghost can't really do much other than stand in the corner and go, boo. Fey will, will, yeah. The tooth fairy is not very I know, nice. what, if you can get, what if you can get possessed or what if a ghost could ride inside your body? Yeehaw. What if that's the case? Oh, right. You never know. Have fun with this. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. I, I, I've messed anyway. up enough. Go for it. Hey, I'm not... I was about to say I ain't afraid of no ghost, but I definitely am. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think that's... Uh, with with that sound advice that we just shared, I think that's uh, pretty much a wrap for this. Uh, what do you two think? We, we could carry on with little tids and bits and stuff, but I think we, we've done some really cool stuff. I really kind of actually want to real press the on things that she's mentioned in Discord and stuff about stairways and things, stairways in forests and shit. But oh, the stairways! Another, I, have I think we'll leave that to another for another time. We'll do a secret episode or something. Yeah, I think a secret frequencies episode um, on some these kind of ideas would be kind of cool. So yeah. Um, Shame he hasn't turned up because I was kind of looking forward to some of his ideas. Probably in a sleep induced coma right yeah. now. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Yeah. 
because yesterday was Halloween for him, so he is probably sleeping in at it's, the moment. It's, it's 8, uh, 8.30 in the morning, so it depends on his shifts and what he did last night. But Oh, yeah, I don't know if he had a shift, a work shift or not. Yeah, that would be fun. Just, just for those of you who are curious, Pete is our uh, affiliate in Australia, who is amazing, but he also works in a hospital. And he said he was going to share some hospital stories. Um, so I was really interested to hear some of those. Um, yeah, would have been good. Well, I think we, I think we've done quite well with some of our stuff. So, um, if you enjoyed this today, do let us know. Um, this was very much off the cuff because I have nothing to do this evening, and I thought let's tell some stories. Um, fun. I've enjoyed listening to some American. Um, proper proper American horror, not the crap that you get on TV nowadays. Um, and I hope that I've provided some weird European stuff as well. You certainly have. If you if you did cool. enjoy this, yeah. do do come over to Darker Days Radio as our podcast. Um, you can find it on all good streaming services. So I'm guessing you can get it on Apple. You can get it on. Android, I don't know what the actual platforms are because shit. <laughs> we have a Discord server um, somewhere. Um, I don't know where. Uh, there'll be a link somewhere at some point, maybe on YouTube or we'll link in the show notes. Um, we do streams every now and then. It's not very often. Uh, we have a Facebook page where everything will be posted up. We have an Instagram at Darker Days Radio, Facebook at Darker Days Radio. We have a blog. I can't remember the link for the blog. Mike, can you? No, no I There's don't. There's a blog out there somewhere. Um, link, link, link in the show in notes. Link in the show notes. Everything's linked in the show notes. Um, we have a couple of different different versions of the podcast. There's usual Darker Days Radio. There's the thing that I'm usually involved in, which is Darker Days Radio, Dark Hammer, which is Warhammer 40k, Warhammer Fantasy, uh, Soulbound, anything kind of that era of uh, RPGs. Most of our stuff is based on World of Darkness, Chronicles of Darkness, Weird Spoopiness. Um, we do secret frequency stuff where we talk about folk or in relating it to RPGs. We're mainly in RPG stuff, so this is just a bit off the side and a bit of fun. So if you do enjoy it, please do come down and join us in these various places. Sam and I are, are doing Dread Cassette too. Oh, Dread Cassette, uh, yes. Media, focusing right now on um, movies. Yeah, so Dread Cassette. Yeah, Dread Cassette's it's awesome. A new, new thing, Crystal and Sam and uh, discussing. Chris, yeah, Chris is, is kind of participating a little bit it's mostly sam and i so so yeah we're we're, we're normally podcasty stuff so there's loads of, there's loads of really cool stuff out there um, interviews with developers interviews with uh, other game stuff a few live plays and, and, and shit so um, it's all horror related it's not normal anyway cool right i'm gonna sign this all off Thank you very much for joining us. For those of you who did watch, thanks everyone. Bye.
This has been an episode of Darker Days Radio. Special thanks to Occam's Laser for the intro, outro, and new bumper music from their hit album, Nine Circles. Check out the rest of their work at occamslaser.bandcamp.com. Thank you.